Hey folks, and uh, thank you for tuning in live today. Today is Sunday, February 26th at 1 p.m. And this is episode 99 of Skill Building Sunday here on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. My name is Jason Leeser, and I'll be your host for today. And if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. And welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Community where tattooers, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are encouraged to join in these live streams, real-world events, to share and inspire and ultimately create better art and tattoos together. We beam out nearly every day and, with your help, have evolved into a quality network of amazing live and on-demand tattoo and art shows that have all been receiving rave reviews. You can find Reinventing the Tattoo in both of the app stores, uh, the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store, as well as our Reinventing the Tattoo YouTube channel, our Reinventing the Tattoo Roku channel, which has 12 to 15 episodes going at any given time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, as well as all of the major podcast directories, such as Apple and Spotify. Um, or you can just search for Reinventing the Tattoo. You'll find it all, except for the book. That's out of print. Sorry, guys. I can't even get one. So. Yeah, not going to happen. But no matter where you are watching live or on demand, you can always get the latest and greatest, most up-to-date information at www.reinventingthetattoo.com. You can try it out for free. Um, you can pick one. We've got a sample webinar from Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. We've got free advice from Guy Aitchison about your unique goals and setting goals. We also have a comprehensive tattoo history course from Jay Brown uh, at reinventingthetattoo.com. You can also find a full event schedule with links to all of our weekly and special event live streams, as well as all of the details for those. You can find access to the Reinventing 24-7 channel, just kind of like our Roku channel. It's got 13 episodes playing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you have access and links out to all of our professional development courses from over 20 world-class tattoo artists, including Bob Tyrell and Andre Malcolm. Once again, if this is working for you, please let us know in the comments and in the chats, and please tag a friend who loves tattoos. Maybe it's someone considering getting a first tattoo. Maybe it's someone trying to break into the tattoo industry. Um, tag them. You never know. Tag everyone you know. Why not? right? Everyone loves tattoos, in my opinion, um, except for my grandmother, Buster Soul. She never liked tattoos, but that's a different story for a different time. Uh, we have a number of weekly staple shows we always encourage people to tune into, starting on Sundays at 1 p.m. with me, Jason Leeser, for the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Group. Following that, on Mondays, we have three different shows that go on, starting at 9 a.m., with Drawing for Tattooers with James Wisdom, where we go through and discuss some basic drawing techniques and strategies. Um, following that, on Mondays at 5 p.m., we have Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. Uh, always a great show to tune into, uh, where we discuss some of those lesser discussed topics in tattooing. Uh, following that, on Mondays at 9 p.m., we have a subscriber's exclusive drawing group with Sandy McAndrew, who's part of the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. And we just started a trimester for the Reinventing the Tattoo Evolution course. 
uh, which is looking like it's going to be absolutely awesome. Following all of our shows on Monday, on Tuesdays at 10 a.m., we have the Tuesday Fields Drawing Group with Ricardo Certivant, um, although that is kind of up in the air right now. Um, we're looking at kind of rearranging some scheduling with that. But as of right now, that is Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Uh, he's a fantastic artist, and he's filled with knowledge and wisdom. Definitely want to tune in for that one. And Thursdays at 6 p.m., capping off the week, we have the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast with Vaughn Baker. Um, that one's always awesome where we talk about collecting tattoos and people we want to get tattooed by and, um, you know, journeys that we've been on in tattooing. So it's always a great show to tune into. I'd like to go through and take a quick second to thank a few people that make these shows happen, starting off with World Tattoo Events. Com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events worldwide. They're constantly updating, as we know, living in this post-pandemic era. Um, everything's still kind of getting rescheduled. So if you're looking for the most up-to-date tattoo convention information or event information, take a look at worldtattooevents.com. Following that, we have Tattoo Now, Technology for Tattooers, the leading edge in professional development, management, and digital tools for tattooers of all levels. If you're looking to really start attracting some of those clients that want to get the kind of work that you really want to do, TattooNow.com is the place to go for it. If you're looking to upgrade your scheduling software, if you're looking to get scheduling software, or you're looking uh, for any kind of like software to help automate anything that you do at the studio, take a look at TattooNow.com. They have got the solution for what you are looking for. As always, I'd like to give a personal and very heartfelt thank you and shout out to Guy Aitchison at GuyAitchison.com. He is the founder and inspiration behind Reinventing the Tattoo. Go to GuyAitchison.com where you can pick up a copy of his biomech encyclopedias, some of his DVDs. Uh, he's got numerous prints and sometimes original oil paintings all for sale at GuyHSN.com. I uh, would also like to thank a few of our affiliates uh, associated with the Reinventing the Tattoo Network, starting off with the Apprenticeship Diaries with Amy Nichols. For those of you that are looking to become a tattoo apprentice to learn how to tattoo, take a look at the Apprenticeship Diaries podcast. It's filled with priceless information to really help you get started on the path to becoming a tattoo artist. And the Fireside Tattoo Network, hosted by Jake Meeks, who is filled with absolute, uh, a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's got some great interviews and some great content on his channel, the Fireside Tattoo Network. Um, go take a look at the Fireside Tattoo Network for an alternate source of information, uh, which has a lot of really great stuff in it. And I'd like to give a very personal uh, hello and thank you to TATCOM, uh, the cutting edge in tattoo technology for the practical tattoo artist. If you're really looking for the latest equipment to really take your tattoos to a whole nother level, take a look at TATCOM. These guys are literally diving into the science behind tattooing to help provide better tools for us to make better tattoos. Uh, they are doing scientific studies, figuring out needle penetration and 
uh, machine speed consistency. They've got a machine hand speed calculator out there. Uh, I mean, these guys are literally developing the most robust and cutting edge tattoo technology uh, for tattooers to use to apply tattoos that's ever been developed before. Um, special thank you to Aaron Williams, the mad scientist behind Tatcom. Um, without him, man, we'd probably still be in the Stone Ages. Uh, as always, we ask that you, if you enjoyed today's episode, you go through and post a positive review on the channel, hit that like and subscribe button so you always know when we've got new shows coming up. And help us get the word out. You know, tell other people that you know, whether they're tattoo artists, tattoo enthusiasts. Um, you know, maybe it's someone in school that's looking to become a tattooer. Tell them to tune into the channel. Uh, we talk about a lot of stuff dealing with fine art as well. So it's not just tattooing. Uh, if you would like to host a Reinventing the Tattoo event or become a sponsor of the Reinventing the Tattoo community, maybe you're just looking for a tattoo critique or a painting critique. You can always email management at reinventingthetattoo.com and we'll be happy to get back to you just as soon as we can. And that is it for the introduction. Wow, that's a lot. Ugh, yay. Um, so that is it for the intro. Let me save this, save, replace, yay, done. Cool. And we've got Patrick McKay in and Seth Mushrush. And close. Cool. Looks like we are in and good. And we've got a couple of absolute heavy hitters with us today, uh, which is awesome. Always like to see some heavy hitters in here. Yes, I do consider you both heavy hitters. Oh, I appreciate that. How are you doing, dude? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm trying out a new kind of setup for today. So if things get a little crazy, uh, I apologize in advance, but I figured I'd set up to do some oil painting today. Need my uh, smock keeps my clothes nice and clean. I've had this thing since high school, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, just because oil painting can get really messy sometimes. So I always like to like make sure my clothes stay clean because I wear them for work and stuff too. Uh, we've got Kyle Olson. He's joining us. Awesome. Welcome, Kyle. Yo, Jason. Yo, what's going on, bud? How Not much. Been? Good, good. I'm uh, working right now. It's pretty busy in the shop, so I'm going to keep it on mute for most of it, but uh, I'll chime in when I have you know, conversations every now and again. Right on, man. Right on. Awesome. Thank you for joining us today, man. Yeah. yeah. You know I love the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm kind of upset, man. I was hoping you were going to be working at Pagoda City this year. I was going to annoy you and uh, see if I could bribe you into letting me work the booth with you. But 
that's definitely not a definitely not a bribe situation. Um, if you want to set it up for next year, um, I know Justin. Uh, I don't know if that helps or not, but uh, we can certainly put in an application and do it early, try and get on because that's one I've been wanting to do for a while. Yo, I'm all about it, man. I all right, really cool. Am. Cool. That's one we'll of talk those more after that this. I would love to get into, but some people are kind of exclusive and shows are kind of exclusive to get into sometimes. And I totally understand that. Um, but that's because they're trying to focus on quality over quantity. So. And yes, this is tilted on the side, on its side for a reason. Um, and that's just so that I can get more of it in the actual shot. Um, but it's always nice to flip your paintings and drawings every now and then to get a different perspective on them. And I'm, the reason why I'm working in oils today, by the way, there is a legitimate purpose behind this. And that's because the theme of today's show God, I feel like I'm in Sesame Street. Today's show is brought to you by the letters. Um, it's Today's show is all about patience and understanding the concept of patience and the fact that things take time, right? Sometimes it's something that we all tend to forget every now and then and we want to rush into things and we want everything to be done, you know, ASAP. And, you know, I get it. We all have things going on in our lives that, you know, we're are contingent upon, you know, going through and, you know, okay, well, this can't happen until this happens. And, you know, this can't happen until this happens, you know, but sometimes we just have to take a step back and slow down a little bit and really just be patient with things and understand that things will work out. You know, just like clients coming into a studio thinking that they can get a full sleeve in 30 minutes. Um, I'm sure there's someone out there that can do it, but it's not gonna look very good. Uh, but it's patience. You know, you have to be willing to trust the process and you have to be willing to sit back and say, you know what, this is gonna take some time. I'm gonna enjoy the journey and the time that it takes to do this. Um, and I'm just going to kind of ride it out and enjoy the process and try to learn a whole bunch of new stuff along the way because things don't happen overnight. Um, they don't. And anything that does happen that quickly, mm, not always going to be the best option, right? Um, I kind of equate it to the same basic concept and principle of if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it's all about patience, you know, having people, you know, that are in here, especially people like Kyle Olson, Seth, Patrick, you know, it, it's kind of tough sometimes when you start to meet some of some people that you really look up to and you really admire that have all of this experience in the field and you're like, that's what I want to be able to do. And I want to be able to do it right now. You know, what do I have to do? How do I go about doing it? You know, something's got to give somewhere. Like, what am I not doing right? Sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, you know what? I'll get there. It's going to happen. 
Maybe it's going to take a little bit longer than I originally thought, but it's going to happen. I will get there. I will achieve that. I will reach that goal. I will reach that stride or um, I will take that place or I'll get into that convention, you know, on my own accord without, you know, anyone batting an eye being like, oh, who are you again? Sometimes it's about taking a step back and just being patient with it. You know, a lot of times when we look at a lot of these incredible artists that we see, especially online, um, and that's why I try not to compare myself to anyone online, believe it or not, um, except for like people that I know personally. The reason why is because a lot of times you're looking at a lot of people that have way more experience. And it's not really fair to yourself and it's not really fair to other people to go through and try to compare yourself to them. You know, it's not, it's not fair to anyone, especially yourself, um, to go through and, uh, you know, make that kind of a comparison. So sometimes you just need to take a step back and, you know, self-evaluate and check ourselves and be like, hey, you know what? It's going to take some time but I'll, I'll make it. I'll get there. I just got to keep plugging away. You know, I, I once read a, uh, or heard a quote from someone that said 90% of success is just showing up, you know, showing up day in, day out, doing what you know you need to do in order to achieve said goal. And it's something that I try to live my life by. Turn off the picture in picture there for a minute. You know, show up, put in the time, put in the effort, you know, do the work. You would be absolutely shocked at how far that will go. You know, maybe you're not shocked because you already know how far that's going to go. But we, uh, we talked before about the book, uh, The War of Art. And, uh, by Sun Tzu? No, The War of Art. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I, I can't recommend that anybody, you know, I can't recommend enough that people out there just starting to read, read that book or even people that have been doing it for years. That they, you know, um, it makes a big difference, uh, that approach. And it, he talks a lot about patience in there, um, but also paying attention to and, and respecting that when a muse strikes, you know, you take advantage of it. You don't, you know, don't procrastinate on it yeah you can't man and procrastination is a motivation killer it really 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 is you know for a lot of people that are out there that are like oh i'll do it tomorrow i'll work on that set of flash tomorrow or i'll i'll uh reach out to so and so to pick their brain tomorrow you can it's not right it's definitely not recommended but you can do that if you want to. But you know what? At the end of the day, what I found is that when I procrastinate with things, I end up killing any motivation I have to do it. Because you start to sit back and think to yourself like, yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, it'll happen. But if you get up and you just do it right off the bat and you're like, no, I need to reach out to someone. I need to call 
uh, or email Bob Tyrell to ask his opinion about, you know, whatever, and just see if he responds and gets back to me. You know, I need to email, you know, Guy and just see if he can give me a quick little opinion on, you know, something, a painting that I'm working on or something like that. I think you would be surprised at how much other people are willing to help each other out. Um, it it's always surprised me just how much when you approach another artist with, Hey, can I get your opinion on this? Can I, can I ask you a question or can I get a critique on this? Um, just how much certain people are willing to help each other out. Well, yes. Yeah, kind of like the whole concept of somebody came up to you and like asked for help, like, be more than happy to help them out, you know, with anything that they, they have. Um, so yeah, and vice versa. I'm pretty sure there's so many people that would be super happy to help, but it's like super intimidating when these artists are just like absolutely phenomenal and you just don't know how to go about it. Cause you just, I don't know, like me personally, I get wrapped up in my head and I just like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's hard sometimes to ask for help. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, you know, asking for help is always something that I know personally, a lot of people in my life struggle with. Um, I know it's something that I used to struggle with at one point in time quite a bit. Um, and still to this day, I find myself sitting back every now and then struggling with it. Uh, the thing I try to remind myself of, though, is that, you know, no one in this life is ever living it and going through things and doing everything 100% all on their own. No. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everyone out there, look at all of the great, you know, conquerors of the world. Look at all the great leaders of the world. They didn't do it alone. Mm -hmm. They didn't do it by themselves. They literally had tons and tons of people that were there willing and able to help them at any mm -hmm. given time. So... You know, it's like, if they can ask for help, why can't I? Yeah. Very true. And it's like being the, it's not so much being the smartest man or the smartest person in the room. It's like being in a room full of smart people. Right. You know, like teamwork definitely does make the dream work and it helps out tremendously. Um, when I like working on a big project and I've been drawn on it for a while, I, I go through every single artist at the shop and be like, hey, can I get your opinion on this? Can you look at this, that, and the other thing? And then it's like the, the insight that they have on the projects uh, that I'm working on, just it helps out so much because having that different set of eyes and different views on things and stuff like that just helps out. So like if any project and all the different experiences people go through, like it's it's gotta be boundless. So like how much help you can receive just by asking, you know? Absolutely. You know, and that's all it takes sometimes is just that initial like, hey, can I get a second eye on this? Can I get, you know, an opinion on this? Can I just have you take a look at this real quick for me? Or, you know, hey, I'm working on this project, you know, have any thoughts on it? Uh, sometimes that's all it really takes to completely and totally change everything that you've got going on inside your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's you know, it, it's always amazing to me just to see different perspectives that people have, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I can turn around and with anyone here, 
I can say, hey, draw me a rose, right? And mm-hmm. I can say that to 100 different tattooers or 100 different artists in general. And I can get 100 different roses. Mm-hmm. Right? And it never ceases to blow my mind just how diverse people are in the way that they see things. Um, you know, and it's something I always try to key into. And it's like, you know, you see, once again, going back to the whole concept of today's show, which is patience, you see all these people out there that'll sit down and they'll whip something out that's like phenomenal real quick. It's like, how do I do that? Like, I'm, I'm never going to reach that level. You know, how, how could I ever even begin to compare myself to that? And, you know, it, it kind of crushes your soul a little bit. But if you look at how much experience that person has and how long it took them to get there, sometimes that can completely change your mindset on, oh, well, I'll never get there, right? Yeah. Uh, Don't get me wrong. There are certain people out there that are 100% prodigies, and I Mm -hmm. don't like those people at all. (laughs) I don't. It's not fair. It's not right. It's just... It's messed up. It really is just purely messed up how much sometimes people are just pure prodigies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they'll go through and they'll be like, oh, you know, I I just, you know, you you just take your machine and you do this. And it's like, I've done that and it doesn't work. Tell me why, you know? Um, You know, there are prodigies out there more power to them. Congratulations. Um, you know, sometimes it takes better instruction from when we're initially learning and that can oftentimes do it. Um, you know, I've met plenty of people in my travels that, you know, just have not had a very good tattoo education when they were first starting out. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it makes me really, really sad to hear that. Uh, you know, sometimes it just takes someone to sit down and be like, okay, let me explain to you why this isn't going to be going well for you or why this isn't going to be right. Because, you know, sometimes it's just lack of education, lack of knowledge. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you've got plenty of people out there nowadays that have been tattooing for five years or less and they're opening up their own studios and taking on eight apprentices. And they're like, well, I can do this and I can replicate an image and, you know, I, I can tattoo. So, you know, you should come and learn from me. And it's like, really? Yeah. But just like, cause if you don't a hundred percent know how to do a lot of things, which granted we're all learning, we're all in the process of learning, but like, I don't know, just in that situation, it's just kind of like a blind leading the blind, I guess, to a certain extent. Exactly. Well, and that's why I wanted to make the comment about, you know, sometimes it's just lack of, you know, actual instruction and education. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't have the option and they're never taught, you know, specific ways to do things in order to achieve specific effects. You know, take Mm -hmm. someone that does black and gray. They love color tattoos, but all they do is black and gray because that's all they're the person that taught them how to tattoo knew how to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and they Maybe they could sit down and try to do black color tattoos, but maybe those color tattoos just never really turned out 
very good and maybe they didn't know a whole lot about color theory or uh, you know ambient inclusion or anything like that maybe they just didn't have a concept on that and didn't know about that um, and now you've got someone teaching someone else who really wants to learn how to do like bold color tattoos that you know and they're learning from someone that doesn't even know color theory like mm -hmm. you might be able to pack color in cool but if you don't know color theory your color tattoos are never going to look quite as awesome as they could yeah yeah it's only it's only going to go so far completely so, agree with that you know and color theory is something so like i i went the extra step I went to art school, um, which was fun, was awesome. Um, and I learned a lot while I was in art school, like way more than I ever thought I possibly could. And it changed my perspective on a lot of things to the point that, you know, I turn around and it's like, I remember one of our required courses we didn't have an option. It was a required class that we had to take was on color theory, right? And I was like, well, why do I need to take this? You know, they have the color wheel and blah, 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 blah. And they're like, listen, it's one of the requirements. You have to, you don't have a choice. You need to do this. Okay, fine, I'll take it, whatever. Thinking it wasn't gonna be anything. I learned more in that one course than I did probably in the four previous years of taking art classes. And it blew my mind from how color can impact size and perspective, style, um, how complementary colors can be viewed, how colors are viewed in nature versus viewed in art. Um, it was absolutely enlightening from a class that I never thought I would really get anything out of. You know, and it's been one of the most valuable things that I've ever done. We've got a special guest with us today, Mr. Uh, Ricardo Certavon. Hey, Ricardo. Que paso, mi amigo? Uh, peace, man. How have you guys been? I don't know. How are you, man? Doing good. Good. Doing good. How's everybody's day today? Pretty good, man. Pretty relaxed. Yeah. A good day. Mm. What we like to hear. It's what we like to hear, guys. <laughs> I've just been uh, hanging out. I caught the last end of that little uh, bit of conversation you're talking about, about requirements and classes and how it can help you out in the long run, even though you might not be looking forward to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the way that certain things go in life, you know? It's like, sometimes we don't think we need something and then next thing you know, poof. You know, it's like, oh, this completely and totally changed my life. Yeah. At least that's the way I've experienced certain things. So what's everybody working on today? Trying to get this scene done before tomorrow night, the mermaid final. Thingamajig. Oh, right on. Can we check it out and see what you got? Uh, yeah. It's going to take me a second to bring it up. Okay. 
What about you guys? What are you working on? I got another big canvas, little tools. Nice. So I'll pull it down. Oh, fine. Can you spotlight that? Ooh, yeah. yeah. Take a look. Spotlight. I'm working on oh, yeah. all this stuff down here right now. But I've just been going in with these markers trying to get as much texture as I can. Nice, dude. So you're saying, what did you, how did you title that a little bit ago? You said big what? Little tools? Big canvas, little tools. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I got a dry water marker. I got a wet water marker. And then I got my black one. And that's it. Hmm. Excellent. Yeah, so it looks like you're working with those uh, long gradients first and then kind of going in and adding the textures and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm building everything up. Some of the really light texture I'll end up doing along the way when I'm doing those long gradients too. Yeah. Because I'll let it dry and then I'll come back to it and then I'll let it dry and I'll come back to it. That's fun, dude. Definitely a good way to approach it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I've been yeah, trying to figure cool. out the most like efficient way to be able to do this because I've figured out I actually enjoy doing these really big canvases with these little combo markers. It's like I could just get lost in the shading and all the little fine details forever. Right. Radical. It tends to help out a lot too once you can get block out the the gradients. You know what I mean? Like it, you can definitely see more of the shape and stuff like that. You're not stressing over the proportions and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It, Absolutely. It's so hard, yeah, it's so hard to see uh, what you're doing when all you're doing is staring at that big open wide canvas. You know what I mean? That big white space is just like you're gonna mess up. And, and, and it is really intimidating where it's like I'm going at it section by section. I'm trying to make sure that my hand isn't smudging shit. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, dude, if I, you know, if I have this area all good, I'm like, damn, I don't want to fuck up down here because yeah. then I'll just like ruin my day. I uh, took like a week away from it because I was like, this is just getting to become very intimidating. And now coming yeah. back to it after that time away, it's coming together nicely. So cool, dude. Yeah, definitely one of the things that I've learned to kind of like focus on is, is those uh, shapes and the gradients and stuff like that first, you know what I mean? Like light sources and how important it is for like, Guy talks about it a lot too, like all that negative space, negative and positive or positive and negative and, and how we can use those as like, I, I've figured out like how to use it as a cue as far as uh, proportions and stuff like that too, you know what I mean? Yeah. And not only, and not only that, but the way that, it, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say one thing that I think even can help with that is uh, I'm a part of Russ Abbott's launch pad. Oh, you want to get out, buddy? I'll let you out. Sorry, my dog was whining. Um, <laughs> I'm a part of Launchpad, and they brought up this thing called dynamic symmetry, and that's just like revolutionized my designing. Yeah. What does what they mean by that whenever you're, you're saying it's dynamic symmetry? So if you look at the dynamic symmetry grid, uh, it's like the rule of thirds on steroids. Yeah. And I feel like it gives you a lot more opportunities to have different focal points in different places than if you were to be using just the rule of thirds. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think of the rule of thirds as like a, 
like as far as that that's the tool or the vehicle that you'll use in order to get like proportions and stuff like that you know what i mean as far as like in composition and i can see how something like what you're explaining could help with the uh the overall effect or like um emotion that you're trying to invoke with or that can be invoked with the, the image because you're you're trying to direct like the reader you know the viewer into like where you want the the story to lead you know what i mean so Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've been taking some time away from doing the, the classes and stuff like that and uh, kind of sitting back and just sketching outside of the tattoos and stuff like that that I'm drawing for, like just sketching for myself and painting for myself and stuff like that a lot. You know what I mean? And kind of like falling back in love with uh, just get just doing it for myself you know you know what I mean like what do I want to what, what do I feel like doing absolutely it's yeah. it, that stuff is so important oh look at to, that to, to draw for yourself it's it's so necessary damn yep. Kyle yeah let's check that out dude Oh, Kyle, that's awesome. Dude. Uh -huh. We see what you want us to look at. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> the main focal point of that one. Let me uh, redo that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. That's crazy. That's I love that sick. light source. Yeah, that's. I've always dug that about your your stuff that you've shown us on your on the Monday night classes, especially. Dude, is like the light sources. They really like capture. The, the subject matter, man. They really capture the eye into pulling you into that image. It's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, this one I've been having a lot of fun with because like I've got like the electric eel light source coming from there and then I've got a light source coming up from like the top left shining on her. So like to try to balance that stuff out, it's been kind of a headache, but it's been fun though, so. Yeah. That's really awesome, dude. I like it a lot. Thanks, man. A, a neat approach, like a punk rock kind of approach on the on a mermaid, huh? Yeah, yeah. I just like the whole fin and like hair thing because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah, so. no, I like it. I like it. You always see them kind of whimsical or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's pretty neat to see them to see that kind of a approach with it. Yeah, just like I was the the whole concept of it was just like a like a like a general female mermaid of like the the mermaid army or type of thing and then just kind of ran yeah. with it that way that's radical mermaid army <laughs> like the like prosthetic claw arm hand yeah that shit is sick <laughs> absolutely makes me want makes me want one not the drawing but the prosthetic arm yeah. <laughs> work would be so fun <laughs> yeah i mean Sometimes if somebody if somebody had their card decline after uh, trying to pay for their <laughs> tattoo or something, it'd make taking your product back pretty simple. Oh, yeah, dude. Just give them the claw. <laughs> <laughs> give them the claw. All right, dude, we got to get the claw out. <laughs> yeah. No, not the claw. <laughs> the claw. The claw. The claw. Did you guys watch that new Bud Lightyear movie? That was pretty good. Have not. Pretty fun. I have not. I'm not a big movie watcher in general. Oh no. I have such a horrible time trying to focus on that shit. I end up falling asleep. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, depending on your age, that's called old age too. I know I, I I'm only that thirty-two. Too. Well, that'll do it. That'll do it. You're there. <laughs> you're yeah. like you're at that point. You're in the club, yeah. dude. <laughs> you're in the club, man. Oh, <laughs> I'm so it's just yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm forty-five, dude, and it's it's been years for me. I'm like, oh, I love this movie. Oh man, I didn't even get through the beginning credits. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, you know, girl, we were watching uh, this war movie on Netflix last night. I already forgot the name, but it was really good. Uh, but it was like two and a half hours long. We're an hour and a half into it. I was like, "How much time do we have left?" And she was, she pauses it, look at the time. I was like, "Oh, I'm definitely not making it through this. We should finish this tomorrow." <laughs> I really enjoy hanging out with you, but no, sorry. Thought I'd let yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm gonna go sleep. Yeah. Yeah, wake me up when the good parts happen. <laughs> the whole movie was pretty good. <laughs> I'm just tired as hell. It's not you, it's me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like on the whole premises of uh, having patience for yourself and like comparing yourself to other artists, it's 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 easy to do. But the oh, just the importance of it and knowing that it's going to take you some time to be able to get to where you want to be can take some pressure off your shoulders for sure. Absolutely, and I think that's kind of why I brought it up today because like. Lately, I've, I've just been feeling like super pressured to like produce at a certain level. And like, I keep trying, I keep getting myself down about like, oh man, this could have been so much better. You know, um, maybe I should have done something different, you know, stuff like that. Just kind of that self-loathing that we all get after we sit back and we look at our own work, you know, where yeah. other people might not necessarily see what we see but lately i've just been like getting really really on myself about like oh this could have been so much better you know maybe i should have added more contrast over here maybe this could have been different um you know maybe i should have done this better or you know maybe this little patch of light should have been brighter or i should have toned down the rest of it to help bring that out a bit more um, you know, so it's like, you know, I, I've been really getting on myself about a lot of that stuff lately. And, you know, I sit back and it's like, okay, well, I have to remind myself every now and then that like, you know, I don't have three decades into tattooing. I don't have that. You know, I, I've got maybe a decade and a half, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. I, honestly forget which um but it's like i can't sit back and compare myself to people that have 30 plus years of tattooing under their belt i can't do it 
it's just not not only is it not fair to me it's not fair to anyone else mm-hmm. you know and i have to remind myself of that and i've been finding myself in that kind of a mindset where i have to remind myself of that more and more and more often and i'm not sure if it's because you know i'm setting my own personal expectations of myself too high or if you know maybe Maybe I'm just on social media too much. Maybe that's what it is. I think that could have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Personally. You know, I used to have the philosophy of like, okay, well, if I don't need to find inspiration for something new or a reference image or something like that, I'm not going to go on social media. I'm not going to do it. You know, and then I'll find myself answering a message from a client about an appointment. And next thing you know, I end up going down the dark hole of, okay, let me just scroll for 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes turns into an hour and a half. You know, Jason, something that I've, I've definitely uh, struggled with a little bit, the same thing, you know, with social media. And I learned a little trick is, you know, to not be defeated by looking because you can't help the comparison and always looking at that stuff is to um instead of asking yourself why like why are they doing it like that why do they get to do it like that i start asking myself how and then yeah. realizing you know like i got two hands too I got two hands two eyes try and figure it out you know and then it, it lends it leads into what you were saying is you can also ask questions surround yourself with people that you know have some of that information or if they don't maybe you guys just talk about it and workshop it until you figure it out on your own you know but instead of comparing yourself and saying why it's always easier to ask how oh absolutely more more fulfilling could not agree with that statement anymore you know i think part of what i'm trying to get at and the issue that i i end up constantly coming across is just that that whole bit of self-loathing where it's like, I know I could have done better and I know I should have done better. Um, so, you know, why didn't I do better? So it's not like, why aren't I doing, you know? Well, that's, where, that's where you gotta say, how can I do that? You know what I mean? Instead of saying, why, you know, why okay. didn't that work out? Say, okay, well, well, how can I go about making this work differently? You know what I mean? Because a lot of times the things that you're doing aren't, you know, when we approach our projects, it's not the wrong way. There's no real correct way to do something necessarily. There's a multitude of ways to get there. You know, it's just what's going to be the most efficient for you and, and or, or whoever's working on it. What's the most efficient for them? And what is going to be the easiest path with the knowledge that they have, and then they need to challenge themselves. What's going to be the more difficult path, and how can they get down that road and do it effectively? You know, instead of faking, like we were talking earlier about, you know, people giving information that they don't understand. You, know, you can't teach somebody slang; you don't know the, the basic vernacular to begin with. You know? Right, right. Um, then you're getting a copy of a copy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's part of the reason why I love jumping on these podcasts is because, you know, I, I get reminded of a lot of these things that I already know that I know. I just need to be reminded that I know them sometimes, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense at all. Oh, 100%. 100%. We all need that. Oh, yeah. Hearing it from a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
guys, I'm going to jump off real quick. I just wanted to say hello real fast and see how everybody's doing. Glad to see everybody's in good spirits and stuff. Good to see you, Ricardo. Always yeah. appreciate yeah. you jumping on. You have a good one. Yeah, have a good day, sure. brother. I will. Go get it. Michelle, real quick, what I was doodling real fast. Um, started playing around with this like little washable marker. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Spotlight. Oh, that's sick, dude. Yeah, just started with tones. Like, yeah, blocking in tones. I'm going to go back in and correct some of the proportions and the cheeks and stuff like that. But I'm just playing with these markers real fast. So. I'll go back in with the purple and kind of start like making some of the darker shadowed spots kind of jump out at you and stuff. Do some braids on her. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. It's fun. But always mess around with different mediums. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of sometimes challenge yourself. Uh, my girlfriend's kid introduced me into this three color challenge thing, and that's been pretty fun lately. Um, I've heard of that. Yeah, you just kind of go and pick three random colors. Like, don't look at them. Pick three colors and see what you can do with them. You know what I mean? So it's pretty fun. Sometimes it's good to do it, like meet different mediums and stuff like that too. Like, just go for it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, well, uh, I will see you guys later. Y'all be safe and take care, man. Yeah, you have a good one. Thanks for jumping in. Peace. Yeah. Uh, always love it when that guy jumps in. So filled with knowledge. Yeah, it's like the importance of like trying out different mediums and stuff like that. It's it's immensely it's 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 helped me a lot. Like when thinking of like light sources and stuff like that, I'm always like referring to like sculptures and like sculpting and stuff like that I've done and how much that's helped me out with that and I don't know, just all the little things from all the different mediums helps out the whole. Yeah, I um I did a lot of searching when I was in school, trying to find the closest medium I could to actually tattooing because I wasn't tattooing at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, but I want to get this down. I want to like figure out like the process and things of that nature and um. It was, uh, it was tricky, man. You know, I was trying to get ahead, trying to take a leap forward and doing all this other stuff when, you know, they're really, in my opinion, and I'm sure there are other people out there that can agree to this. There really is no other medium out there like tattooing. You know, you can get close in some aspects and you can get, you know, you can find and draw similarities here and there to certain things. But when it comes down to tattooing as an art form, that as a medium is very unique in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So many different variables to it, you know, because like you're, when you're tattooing, you know, you're thinking about like what you got to do. I got to apply, you know, like this dark here or this color there and stuff like that. But I also got to do it and make sure that I'm not hitting the skin too hard. And I just got to be considerate because I'm going to have to go back over later. And so you're like trying to do all these calculations all at once. And it's just. <laughs> be like how's this thing gonna look in a few years from now so yeah exactly. i feel like i'm always trying to put that in there too so it's mm -hmm, like you're planning mm -hmm. for longevity but you also want to look good right now mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and that's so i i was very fortunate i got to hop on a zoom with uh an artist 
And if none, if you guys don't follow this artist, you need to. Um, her name is Christina Christie, um, and she's based out of Canada. And I, I got a chance to actually hop on a Zoom with her and like pick her brain about certain things and ask her about certain things. I would have gotten her on a live stream, but she wasn't super keen on that idea, which is, to, which is fine. Um, got some of my questions answered, which was, you know, what I was really after. Um, and I was talking to her. She does a lot of contour lines and a lot of what she does uh, and a lot of like her color work and stuff like that. And I remember asking her at one point in time, I was like, you know, you're, you're building these tattoos that you do, not just you know, for, you know, today's sake, you're building them to look amazing, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. She's like, well, I'm, I'm actually shooting to build them so that they look great 50 years down the road, you know, and hoping that, you know, over time with, you know, different types of conditions and stuff like that, that, you know, they'll still look this way in 20 to 30 years she's like but ideally i'd like them to look this way for the next 50 you know and that's how i'm kind of going into my design process my application process and everything like that she's like that's what i'm really trying to focus the most on is just longevity and um it blew my mind to hear that an artist was really super concerned not with just like the immediate look and not with the immediate, like, you know, next decade of how is this going to look and heal, but how is it going to look and heal 50 years from now? You know, how is it going to hold up at that? You know, it's not something I had ever heard of any artist I've ever met, you know, kind of dealing with, you know, and it, it just, it shocked me. It, like I said, it blew my mind. And um, it made me start to really question a lot of the ways that I was doing a lot of things. And, okay, well, if I can do this and this is going to give me just a few more years, then I'll do this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this and then that should work, you know, but if I do other things, maybe it won't hold up quite as well. But once again, it's one of those situations where, you know, I'm talking to someone that's got you know, 20 plus years of experience in the field that's sitting down contemplating all this stuff, you know, who's already forgotten about challenges that they've faced that I haven't even come across, you know? So it, it was a very, very humbling conversation to say the least, but very enlightening as well. It's awesome you're able to do that, you know, just to be able to sit down and talk to somebody that's been doing it for so long, like the amount of wisdom and stuff that you can learn from somebody, you know? Well, in all honesty, man, it didn't take a whole lot. I sent him a message, hmm. you know, that's, yeah. and it's something that I try to explain and I try to convey to a lot of other artists. Like if you want to know how Bob Tyrell tattoos, you have two options. You can go and you can get tattooed by Bob Tyrell, right? Mm -hmm. And you can watch him and ask him questions as he's working. Or you can try to get him on the phone or try to get him on a Zoom and whatnot and ask them questions that way. 
you know, and most artists out there are pretty receptive to that kind of stuff. There, a lot of them are like, yeah, we can hop on a Zoom, we can chat, you know. It's not, you know, a lot of them have concerns about information going places and like, you know, well, you know, I'd prefer this not be like shared publicly. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. That's not a problem. Like, this is all just like personal curiosity stuff. Um, and a lot of people are just super open to that kind of knowledge and like sharing on that kind of a personal basis. Um, so sometimes all it takes is literally just reaching out to someone and being like, hey, can I pick your brain about a few things? You know, uh, about, you know, how you do what you do. Why do you include such co so many contour lines in what you do? Why do you have the color palette that you do? Um, a lot of people are super cool about it. Uh, you know, like I, every now and then I'll get hit up by someone in a different country. Like I had someone hit me up from uh, Germany the other day who listened to the podcast that I was interviewed on for Fireside Network mm -hmm. um, about printmaking. And they were like, hey, so, you know, I know that you mentioned a couple of different like brands of paper that you recommend for printmaking. Um, I'm just starting to like get into it as like a hobby. Do you have any advice? Do you have any concerns, things I should be careful of? And I'm like, yeah, I got a laundry list, dude. This may take me a minute, so bear with me. Uh, but it's going to take me a while to type all this stuff out. Um, you know, but it was like, it was really awesome to just have someone reach out that had that kind of courage that was like, hey, this guy's got knowledge I don't have. Let me just ask him. Mm -hmm. you know and that's sometimes in all honesty that's all it takes it doesn't take a whole lot to go through and talk to someone and be like hey how do you do that or hey what do you recommend for this mm -hmm. you know and it's something that i personally plan on continuing for quite a while because I've learned so much just by, you know, getting together like um, a friend of mine named Rich works right down the road. Um, he does super amazing neo trad, like occult kind of stuff. Um, that's kind of like what he's built a niche for. And I'll hit him up every now and then like, hey, man, can I come by and just watch you work for a little bit and ask you some questions? And he's like, yeah, man, totally cool. Come on down anytime. You know my schedule. You know, and I'll go down and I'll just hang out with him and I'll pick his brain about like all kinds of stuff. And it's incredible how sometimes just that little bit can completely change your perspective. You know, maybe you see someone doing something in a different way or using a different technique than you were ever taught. And you're like, well, hey, why do you have that much needle hanging out? Or, hey, why are you running your machine so fast? You know, is there a reason behind that? Like, what's, what's, what's the reasoning there? What's the purpose behind that? Um, sometimes people don't know the answers, though. And I will caution everyone on that. Sometimes people don't know. Sometimes people are like, I've just always done it this way. This was kind of the way that I taught. I was taught. And you know, I've never really tried anything else. So just be forewarned that, you know, sometimes that's the answer you're going to get. 
And if that's the case, there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, yeah, that's completely fine. But you know, I'm one of those people where it's like, I want to understand the why. That's what I want to know. I don't just want to be told, oh, do this like this. You know, I want to understand, okay, do this like this in this way with this, this, and this. And here's why this works so well. You know? Well, just like, be like, yeah, like, why do you do this? Oh, just because of this. It's like, yeah, it's one thing, but like, so to understand exactly why you do it that way because of reasons A, B, and C, you're, you're going to be able to apply that technique 10 times better mm -hmm. than, you know, just being like, oh, you hang your needles out this far and then you hit the skin like this at a 45 degree. Why do you do it that way? You know, stuff like that. Um, and to be able to really, really, really understand that and to really apply it, it's just, it makes the whole experience that much better. And then you can share the knowledge that way from, from, from on from there, you know, without just being like regurgitating information, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's um, so one of the best examples of that, that I've ever had personally in my life, I was at the London show one year um, and I was watching a guy named Orient Ching tattoo. And this dude completed a whole, a full wrap half sleeve, upper arm half sleeve onto a chest plate in color, start to finish in four hours. What? Yeah. Flat. Four hours flat. And I was watching this guy tattoo. And I was thinking to myself, like, this dude is running his machine so hard and so insanely fast, like he's got to just be tearing this guy up, right? And he was, and the dude was bleeding everywhere and he had plasma leaking out from like every pore in his body. Um, and it was like, it was gross. And it was like, wow, that's a biohazard containment issue. Mm -hmm. um, but when he would wipe away after he would get done doing like, an ISO bar or a finger wave or something like that. When he would get done and he would wipe it, it was perfectly saturated and smooth in gray wash, no opaque gray or anything like that. It was all washes and it was flawless. Absolutely flawless when it comes down to gradients and smoothness mm -hmm. and how they get that perfect fade coming from super dark to light and i think he was using something like a 23 or 25 mag or something like that <laughs> but like he was running his machine so incredibly insanely fast i was I, I was taken aback i didn't know i i didn't know how to react to that because the only thing i had ever heard up to that point was you know, don't run your mags that fast because you're just going to rip people to shreds. Mm -hmm. But this dude's doing it and he's achieving such an effect, such a smooth gradient that's perfectly saturated in like no time. And it, it blew my mind. And I was like, hey, is why are you running your machine so fast and so hard? Like you're 
you know, don't you worry about tearing this guy's skin apart? And he's like, no, he'll, he'll fine. And um, I looked at his arm about an hour and a half later. After, you know, he had been done and whatnot, I ran into him walking around. And um, I looked at his arm and his arm was almost completely calmed down. Not leaking at all, not bleeding at all, nothing like that. And the gradients were just starting to come out. And I was like, holy shit. I need to go ask this guy more questions. Yeah. Um, so I went over and I, I, you know, found him and I picked his brain a little bit more. And I was like, can I ask you some follow-up questions? Um, and I did. And, you know, it was all, he was using standard number 12, you know, medium taper needles. Wasn't like he was using anything super crazy. Um, but what he was doing, which I didn't quite key into at the time, he had like next to no needle hang. Mm -hmm. But because his machine was running so fast, every time he would do a single hand swipe, it would just be solid all the way through. And if you tilt that mag just a tiny bit, it's going to give you a natural gradient. And it, it just, it blew my mind. You know, he's like, if you don't run it that fast, it's not going to be that saturated and it's not going to be smooth. He's like, if you're mm -hmm. using these needles, you need to run fast. You need to work right off the tips. If you do that, you'll saturate the skin with a gray wash and it'll be perfect. But if you run it slower, it's going to be patchy. You're going to have to go over it again. And if we all know that if you go over it again, right, it's going to make for a darker tone because it's a gray wash. It's thinned out black. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it was like lightning, the light bulb went off. Someone hit the switch and I was like, Oh, But now I can't help but see it in a lot of different tattoos done by a lot of really well-known people. Like, um, you know, if you look at any videos of Jess Yen tattooing finger waves, isobars, um, stuff like that, he like rips through it. And it's fascinating. Right? And it's perfect every time. And it heals perfect every time. And so, of course, what did I do when I got home? I called up my friend, Mark, who's been my guinea pig since I started tattooing. I'm like, dude, 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 you need to come over so I can tattoo you. I need to try something. So guess what, bro? You're getting tattooed. Well, I was like, I learned a new technique. I need to try it before I forget it. And um, Mark was super cool about it. He's like, yeah, it sucks when you tattoo me like that. And I was like, yeah, but let's see how it heals. And it healed perfect. I was like, sorry for hurting you, bud. But like, turned out all right, didn't it? But, you know, a lot of that comes down to just like asking. Yeah. I just went up and asked him, you know, asked him if I could ask him some questions. He said yes. So I capitalized on that. You know, I like I, oh. I remember getting tattooed at that same show by a different artist from Canada. And I remember asking them questions about like, well, why are you using this black? He's like, because it was available. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the silliest reason. Yeah. I'm like, well, why are you using this brand of pigment? He's like, oh, because, you know, it was available and I needed the color. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I was just, I, it threw me off. No, I didn't yeah. quite know what to make of it. Like, I was thinking there was some, like, deeper meaning and reason behind it, you know? And no, turns out it, you know, sometimes it's just, hey, I needed this. It was available. It looks like a good color. And I picked it up. Cool. <laughs> hey, you guys want to see what I was working on? Yeah, yeah but Absolutely. All right. So I've been into doing these, uh, trying to work on these realistic planes. And I had this old... Uh, piece come in the zombie werewolf apocalypse leg sleeve and mostly black and gray but some uh some color in there as well so turn this way a little bit Aiden. oh yeah so we got this uh kind of heroin in the foreground here she's got a little smear of yellow on it that's not actually part of the tattoo but holding the torch uh, background here there's like a uh, wrecked car uh, all right and then so the, the idea was to do like comic book style so i have these panels coming so i want the whole kind of piece to tell a story mm -hmm. um so you got the all the way up at the top here there's a big werewolf that comes up to see at the top of his leg here okay and it comes down here you got these zombies still not done a lot of this stuff is you know, I got I got it committed to the skin a few years ago. Um, yeah, keep turning for me, and then uh, another panel guy getting eaten. Hell yeah! All the way down the front. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. And then this is uh, down in the front here, the inside. We got a zombie on fire. Uh, oh, this is sick. Apocalyptic <laughs> city. Yeah. So I'm Hell I'm having yeah. fun with it for sure. But it's a lot of like what you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, the negative positive thing, right? Like instead of having the whole leg just completely saturated with, uh, you know, background and stuff like that, I'm just going to have it move in and out you right. know, of, of, of the images and, um, and allow the, the panels to kind of tell the story, you know, throughout the whole piece. I'm hoping it works. I mean, it's so far, I feel like the composition is good, but um, still got a ways to go on it. It's a pretty tough client and uh, I appreciate them. So. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of detail. Yeah, I'll say actually, let me see your chest. I'll show you one more. Here's an old one, it's on my website. This guy's been getting tattooed by me for a long time. Um, this is uh, one of those over the nipple tattoos. Oof, yeah, here we go. Oh man, oh. Yeah, this was a fun one. So, we stenciled the skull. Um, that was the only thing that was stenciled, everything else was just drawn right on. Uh -huh. um, and I think it, it definitely helped the fit, but I like the idea of it coming all the way across the chest rather than yeah. having it split and be symmetrical, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great use of space. Thank you, man. All right, you're good. Great flow you. to it as well, man. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. Nipples are overrated anyway, so give us exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need our nipples that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, I appreciate it. I'm going to sign off here. I got another client coming in a little bit, but uh, it was good seeing you guys and a great conversation today about patience. And uh, it's so important to you know, always exercise patience and always look for more knowledge. Mm -hmm. Always, man. Thank mm -hmm. you very much for signing. Right on, guys. Always. Yeah, man. Have a great afternoon, guys. You too. You too. Take care. All right. Peace.
Yeah, man, just having patience with yourself. It's it's important. It's hard, you know, because you know you have faith in yourself. And you're like, oh, I should, I know I can do this and this that and the other thing, which is a good thing, which is awesome, you know. But like, just having your patient, having the patience where it's just like I'm gonna have trial and error. I'm gonna have my hiccups. It's yeah. Just give yourself time. Yep, and that's ultimately what I think a lot of it comes down to is, you know give yourself, not cut yourself slack, but sometimes you have to take a step back and give yourself a little bit of a break and just be like, Hey, it's going to take me a little bit more time, but I'll get there. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And it's always try, try again. You never get anything great the first try. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely not. Which I'm sure anyone that might be out there watching this, that's trying to get tattooed by one of us, they might not necessarily want to hear that, um, <laughs> but that's okay because it's fact, it's truth. Like sometimes we just need to reevaluate certain things and we need to, um, you know, go through and just try it again, give it another go. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's not so much like, you know, worrying the clients and stuff like that, because we're always doing the best that we can do at, with the knowledge that we have at that period in time. Right. And we're always continually improving on that. We're always chipping away at the marble, uh, trying to get that David statue. So. Absolutely. Great, great analogy there. Uh, yeah. It's. I don't know. It, tattoo artist, man, this is like, it's not a job. It's a way of life. It's all we do. So <laughs> yeah, I, I always literally find myself going back to that one meme that was going around for a while where it was like um, a guy talking to his girlfriend and um, his girlfriend turns to him and she says, hey, babe, let's go on vacation to London. And the tattoo artist <laughs> turns back around and he's like, that's a great idea. I've never tattooed there before. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of true, though, you know. It's just like, ah, cool. Tattoo there. I can do this, that, and the other things. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, sweet. Let me see what conventions are coming up over there. Maybe I can, uh, maybe I can get, like, a booth at that show. And, you know, and, you know, the next panel over, of course, is the girlfriend with this, like, look on her face, like, wait a minute. That's not what I meant. It's like, you can go on the vacation, you know, I'm just going to do my thing. And... I'm going to pay my taxes over here. Yeah. I'm going to have Uncle Sam give me a great vacation that I have a great time doing my job that I love. Right. Well, and I think that's, it's also something that comes into play because, you know, we're, being a tattoo artist, we are in a very unique position where not only do we get to do what we love in life, right? Like what our passion is in life, but we get to do it and make lots and lots of money while we're doing it, you know? So I can see how it's hard for certain people to go through and be like, well, yeah, but like, why don't you take a break? Why don't you go on vacation? And it's like, but this is my vacation. This yeah. is my Every day's vacation. Yeah, yeah. This is like 
my stress relief. It's my therapy. It's, you know, this is how I enjoy my time. Why, why would I not want to do that? You know, and it, it can be difficult for certain people to understand that concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If you're not in the, the middle of the battle and stuff like that, you're not going to understand what it's, what it's all about. And why we're able to just do it so much and so often all the time. And we're constantly being like, oh, what if I could do this? And like, I swear, there's just not enough time and in a life to do all the different pieces of art that you want to do. Oh, tell me about that, man. I got like six pieces that I'm in the middle of right now. So, you know, I want to do this, I want to tattoo this, I want to drop this. And it's just, yeah, not enough time. And with the slow season over by me, it's just been like I've been drawing every day. So I've been able to crank out a shitload of designs. And I'm like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. I look through all of my shit and I'm like, well, I guess I am actually like doing something. <laughs> right. Like I went through and grabbed a bunch of my older designs where I was like, yeah, this is thick. And I looked at it now and I was like, that is not sick. And I just redesigned all of them. Yeah, but that's that's the way things go sometimes, man. Like it was refreshing, honestly. It's like, yeah, when you take a step back from something or you stop working on something for a little while and then you get back to it and you're like, oh, I know I can do better than this. What was I thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of enjoy that though. Like, you know, I going back to things every now and then and being like, you know what? Let me redraw this because I know I can do way better than that now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when it actually goes correct in those moments, it feels even that much better. Oh, yeah. It's like all your hard work is like paying off. Yeah, I did have a few where I was like, um, yeah, no, not doing that. Just deleted it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes you got to call it and be like, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, I guess like like with the whole patience and stuff like that, um, yep. that's another aspect of so like you're constantly working at this stuff that it's kind of hard to see your progression because you're always like, oh, this isn't right. I need to change this. I need to do that, this, that, and the other thing. So we kind of like, I don't know, forget how much we've gotten better at what we do, you know? And that can be like a huge confidence booster, but. So, and that's exactly why I'm a huge advocate of, I never, like if I'm painting something for a commission, fine, that's one thing. I'm getting paid for it whatever mm-hmm. but like if i'm doing something to further myself and work on a skill set or work on you know something that i know i need to improve upon or maybe it's something that i'm doing kind of just for me or if it's a flash piece or something like that i hold on to them i don't get rid of them i don't throw anything out i'm also kind of a pack rat so you may not want to really abide by this bit of knowledge <laughs> um you know fair warning you've been warned but I'm one of those people. I like to look back at that and take a look at my progression every now and then and just see where have I come from? What have I been up to? What have I done? That's really progressed myself. What do I still need to work on? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, cool. Here's something I need to revisit and a skill set I need to revisit with, you know, this, that, and the other um, mm-hmm. time to revisit it, you know, time to get back into it. 
I had a uh, very similar situation come up the other day where, you know, for the longest time, I, I have a uh, convention portfolio book filled with a whole bunch of different want to do designs. Um, and for the longest time, I had a candle burning at both ends in that book. And, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, I was like, oh, well, yeah, let me redo that. Let me just let me just see how this goes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I redid it and it turned out absolutely awesome. Oh. Um, and now it's like, I almost don't want to put it up for grabs. Right. I almost want to mm-hmm. like find someone very selective to give it to and be like, this is what you're getting. Right. Just because I was really super stoked with how everything turned out. Um, but it's like, if I don't put it up for grabs, then I don't necessarily know if I can convince someone else to get it. So and, I'll probably just put it up for grabs. But I took the original candle burning at both ends that I drew out, mm-hmm. trashed it. I was like, this new one is way better. Mm-hmm. But sometimes and I mean, go through and take I, the inventory, man. Yeah, I keep up most of my old stuff because, like you said, I like looking back on that stuff, too, because I feel like that's a physical representation of how far you've actually come. Um, But there's definitely times where I'm like, nah, dude, this thing just needs to go away. This never happened. I actually yes. came across a, a painting that I did back in 2007 the other day. Um, and, you know, I'll show it to you guys if you want me to, but it's one of those paintings that like, I look at that and then I look at some of the stuff I even did 10 years ago. And I was like, Oh, damn. Like maybe I am making some progress here, but it's definitely not my best work at the time though. Of course I was super proud of it. I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. You know, now I don't ever want to show it to anyone. I was going through some of my old canvases and saw one that this one's actually really funny. This is like before I, this is a little bit of why I don't draw faces. I'm not too great at them, but this is 2018. So five years ago, I was doing faces like this and I was like, yeah, that looks a little, how many numbers would that be? Cause that's more than four. Right. You know, uh, she looks a little special. But uh, now I'm doing fucking shit like that, though. So, yeah. I mean. Right? Progress, 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 man. You know, it's 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 awesome to, to see where you're at, you know, where you've been and, like, where you're going. You know, it can be that much more exciting. Absolutely. And, like, I've been uh, struggling with that because I have a few pieces that I've drawn up that I'm, like, super, super stoked on. But, like. I don't, I don't want to share it to anybody. I don't, I just kind of want to like hang it up on my metaphorical fridge and then call it a day with it. Um, like, I don't know. I kind of don't want to tattoo some stuff that I draw. Up. I just want it to be that, you know? And yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it's in the same concept of like drawing for yourself, you know, you don't have your own personal achievements. You draw for yourself and then you just hang them up in your own home. And like, it can just be that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, 
what I tend to do with stuff like that, that I'll draw it up and I really, really like it. But like, I might not necessarily ever want to tattoo it on anyone. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll just make a, a print of it and I'll just sell the print. Mm-hmm. You know, and then that way, all of that hard labor that I put into it doesn't go to waste and I can still make money off of it. But mm-hmm. I'm, you know, not necessarily tattooing it. But you're still putting it out there. Exactly. You know, and um, it's worked an absolute treat for me. Uh, So, and it's one of the ways that I go through and like, there's a lot of stuff that I draw up that I'm like, man, I would never want to tattoo this at that size. But you know what? Maybe I'll make like a little eight by 10 print. Maybe someone will hang it up in their studio. No one's ever going to want to get it done that big, but yeah. You know what? Someone will hang it up and at least they can appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I never and thought of that. Yeah, give it a go, man. I think you'd be surprised at um, just how receptive certain people are just to buying, like, the print. Would, would I be able to show you, like, the design I'm talking about and then see what you think if it, like, would work for, like, a print? Absolutely. Almost anything can work as a print. Okay. Uh, just to give you a heads up, as long if it's digital, as long as it's done at the right resolution. If okay. it's analog, as long as it's scanned at the right resolution, yeah, we can make a print of almost anything. Okay. Let me check the, the DPI on it. Yeah, if it's like 96 DPI and it's like super tiny, it's going to be pixelated and that's not going to work super well. But yeah, I've got you spotlit, man. So if you wanted to pull it up, I'll, I'll be happy to take a look at it. Okay. Um, I'm just getting it brought up. And then, unlike the, the, the long, like skinny canvases. And that, yeah, okay. Um, let me change it over. Why is it still on that? Oh, because I stopped it. Okay, hold on. Oh, dude. That so, would be dope. So like when, when, when doing, oh, let me check the DPI first before I get too involved with it. That would be a sick print. Okay, so yeah, we're at three. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, like, and, and, and like the the difference between like digital and then actually on on paper. Um, are are you noticing anything like you kind of want to watch out for? Um, certain color vibrance is going to be something that you're going to want to pay attention to. Okay. Uh, typically speaking, I mean, I've got a few secrets in my little bat utility belt uh-huh. that helps me keep things super vibrant. Um, okay. cool. Certain color profiles that I use, uh, but sometimes they do require a little bit of like saturation tweaking. Okay. Um, but those are kind of like my own little, like that's like my secret sauce when it comes down to printmaking. 
um, which you know I'm I'm kind of hesitant to share, but if you look around enough, you can probably figure it out. Uh, but a lot of times, you can go to like a standard printer, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we can run those off for you," and they might not come out just right as far as the color scheme goes. Mm-hmm. Might come out a little bit off or a little bit more dull and not quite as like vibrant. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's something to to keep in mind. But otherwise, dude, that would make for an absolutely gorgeous print. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd so- say one other thing that you might want to be careful about, and granted, this is more like on the printmaking back end. Okay. Is um a little bit of room for bleed. Okay. So I personally, whenever I make prints for myself, for other people, I always try to encourage them to go like a little bit of a size down. So it's got a nice sized white margin on the outside. Okay. So it's not like perfect border to border. Yeah. Like full color or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the reason being for that is that if you do it that way and you keep a little bit of a white border, even if it's only like a quarter inch or a half inch or something, mm-hmm. if you keep that tiny, tiny little bit of a white border around it, oftentimes what it does is it allows the printmaker to go through and print it on a certain size paper, even if they have to crop it a little bit, mm-hmm. but then that way they don't have to crop down the image at all. Especially with something that's that symmetrical, mm-hmm. you're gonna have to be careful about cropping the image at all in any way. Okay. Just because if you crop it down at all, you're cropping out some of the actual image. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I always try to say, you know, oh, you've got an 11 by 17 image you want printed. Cool. We're going to print it on 13 by 19 paper. That way it's got a one inch white margin around each side. Mm-hmm. Also helps frame it out a little bit more. Um, you know, it's going to look super classy. It's going to look like it already has a mat around it. So all people have to do is get like a 13 by 19 frame, throw it in there, and it looks classy as hell. Um, some people aren't about that, though. Some people are like, no, I really want it border to border, 11 by 17. It's like, cool, we can do that. Not a problem. Uh, but when you throw that kind of like, a white margin around the outside of it, mm-hmm. it really does look nice. Um, but that's also my own personal preference when it comes to certain things. Um, certain, like I said, certain people like border to border. That's cool. We can do that. Um, it does get a little bit tricky though. And it makes me have to be a lot more cautious whenever yeah. I crop it out from the actual paper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, something like that would be sick, dude, especially if it's one by two. Um, like if it's, say, 10 inches wide by 20 inches tall okay. or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. See, that with like a nice white border around it really that helps frame out the whole image. Cool. Yeah. That already added so much, just having that little bit around it, because it also, I feel like it incorporates the blank space you already have inside of it, too. Yeah. Makes yeah. it look really nice. Perfect. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, how big is that image? Like size wise? Um, we are at 
Uh, physical width is nine inches, 9.17, and physical height is 19.75 inches. So that's that's kind of Chichunga. Well, no, that's like the 10 to 20 you were talking about. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 10 by 20 is a great size, man. I love that. The problem is 10 by 20, you're it's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to find like a standardized frame for it. Oh, okay. Um, and a lot of people will see images and they'll see prints out there and they'll, you know, maybe they'll turn around and they'll be like, Oh, that's a sick image. I love it. But like getting that framed is gonna be an absolute disaster. It's gonna be an absolute nightmare. Like, do I really want to buy that? But if it's something that fits in like a standardized frame, I think you'll find that a lot more people are apt to go for it. Wow, that makes sense. Um, not that you can't custom order a frame or anything like that or go on Etsy and find an odd-sized frame for someone from cheap for cheap. Mm -hmm. But just something to be cautious about and to think about. Okay. Um, yeah, I never, I never thought about like taking into consideration for like how are you going to frame it you know exactly going to print it and leave it as it is yeah, I, I mean you can you can print it and you know hang it up with thumbtacks if you want but Ooh. you know with a lot of the prints that i have i'm immediately going around looking for like okay cool where can i or, or what kind of a mat can i cut so i can put this thing in a frame and hang it up yeah Okay. So just food for thought when it comes down to things like that. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I do actually offer for certain people that are getting like really, really nice prints done that want to give them out as gifts. I do actually have a connection with a guy that works at a uh, framing company out in Laredo, Texas, um, oh, cool. who always cuts me bulk discounts on frames whenever I order. Okay. Um, he's like, dude, it saves me shipping and it saves you shipping. And like everyone makes out like a bandit that way. So like, you know, if you order a couple, like four or five frames at a time, like I can cut you a bigger discount on them. And I've been ordering frames from this guy since quarantine and they're all solid wood, three piece gold leafed, uh, super quality frames. Uh, the place is called Laredo frame factory for anyone that's interested. Um, and they do amazing work. They actually do a lot of like museum gallery frames and stuff like that. So you know what you're getting is quality stuff. Okay. Um, but sometimes I'll go through for people. I've done this for a couple of artists so far for like holiday presents and stuff like that. They're like, oh man, I want to, you know, get a couple of really nice, really nice big size, like prints of these made. Um, you know, and I'll give them an option like, yo, listen, I can frame them for you if you want me to. That way, all you have to do is like give them the already framed image, prevents them from having to go through and find a frame that fits and all this other stuff. It's like, that's an option. It's going to cost you a little bit more money, but, you know, it's definitely an option that can work well, especially for gifts. Wow, she's got some really cool frames. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're all solid wood, three-piece, you know, handmade, hand-gilded frames. Dude, 
and they're reasonably priced for what you get. Yeah. Holy cow. Dang. Those cathedral wood window frames are cool. Oh, and then yeah. just like all the little details on the frames are just holy cow. Yeah, like I said, they're all like handmade too. So the quality is there. Heck yeah. Cool. Thank you for the referral. Yeah, no problem, man. Tell them I sent you and I, I told you to contact them. Okay. Um, the guy that I usually talk to is named Tino. Mm -hmm. um, and he's the guy, I think he actually owns the company. Okay. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he's like the second generation owner of it. Uh, inherited it from his dad. And, um, you know, okay. before his dad, it was his grandfather. But it usually takes him about a month turnaround time to make the frame because they're all made like one at a time by hand. Yeah. Um, and you can, when you feel one of them, you'll understand like the quality that goes into them. Yeah. These aren't like some polystyrene or like, you know, plastic kind of frames. These are legitimate professional like museum gallery frames. Um, so it's about a month turnaround time from the time you order till it gets to your door. Uh, but dude, I, I can't, recommend them enough for frames yeah those are so cool that's awesome yeah that's exciting which you know like the whole like aspect of like making prints and your paintings and everything like that like the frame is part of the you know the whole project and stuff like that you don't want a frame that's going to go against the whole overall design and stuff but absolutely I feel like it's like any other marketing i mean you look at some of the brands where it's just you're getting charged for like a, a lot of packaging yep you know if you present your product that way you could probably charge it x amount more you know not just the cost of what you paid to make it extra either mm -hmm. those are so cool yeah but i highly recommend that place um yeah, I mean, I've, I've got like a whole mat cutting setup as well. So I usually cut mats for everything mm. and frame them all and make them look super nice and tight uh, whenever I do stuff like that for people. But, you know, sometimes people just want the image and that's cool and that's fine. But like, if, once again, if I'm out there and I'm buying a print, I, pl I have every intention on actually framing it and hanging it up mm -hmm. because... For me, that's kind of like the whole purpose behind buying the print. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You want to protect like it. Whole... Hmm? Sorry. I said you want to protect it. Yeah. That's how I see it. <laughs> no, protect it. Show it off. Display it. Be like, yes, I have one of these. You know, uh, it's a Teresa Sharp print, one of like 400 that were ever made. And you know what? If you don't have one, you can't get one, mm -hmm. you know, super limited edition kind of stuff. I love that kind of stuff, man. That's like, that's my jam. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, granted, I'm sorry. granted, I'm one of those guys. I literally am sitting on a whole 18 by 24 portfolio book 
filled with prints that I've collected over the years. So I, I might have every intention on framing them. Sometimes it just takes me a while to get around to it. So I can't really say too much on that, but the intention is there. Hmm. So then if you get framed, then people like Jason will hang it up quicker. Well, yeah, but you know, it's like for even at the a bulk cost of frames, now you're looking at like, okay, well, is someone ideally going to pay $300 for this one print? You know, even Absolutely. though it's already framed and it might be on like super amazing paper and all that stuff, but is someone really going to drop like $300 on it? No, that's a great point. So it's just something to, once again, something to think about, something to take into consideration. Um, whereas a lot of times if you have the same print done on the same paper and you're like, Hey, it's 40 bucks or it's 60 bucks. People are more likely to believe it or not to jump on that because that's more of an affordable bracket because it's not, it's not like they're turning around like, Oh, this is an original, you know, it's yeah. If it's an original painting, they're probably spend a lot more money on it. But if it's a print, the chances that they're going to drop that kind of money on it, maybe not the best. So, like I said, just some food for thought, things to consider, things to, you know, think about. Yeah, I will uh, definitely ponder on all of that. That's a lot of information. A lot to think about. It's good. It's good. How are you doing, Tanner? Oh, just chilling. Right Working on some neo trad flowers for some flash while i listen to your guys' stories oh cool wow those are looking rad man yeah i got really into the like simple huge color fade mm -hmm. effect of neo trad yeah so i've just been working up a couple different ah, bubbly wow. flowers with those huge look at that yeah. those things are glowing right got, on, like man. fingers crossed that somebody fucking grabs them but in the meantime, yeah, just doing some fun fades. Yeah, 100%. Somebody's got to pick one of those up, man. I was just trying. This one was like a blue to red, but I feel like it's too high of a contrast and doesn't quite work. Yeah. So I was yeah. Just, just fixing that and doing like a bright magenta to it instead. But mm -hmm. yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah, those are looking rad, man. Thanks. They've been a lot of fun to just play with the different colors and see what happens. Hell yeah, man. Putting in that time. Yes, sir. Yeah, I really, I really like those like two-tone fades mm -hmm. when it with like a flat image underneath. I love yeah. the way that looks. Yeah, I was seeing um, I'm gonna butcher all their names, so I'm gonna look them up on Instagram right now so I don't butcher them. <laughs> Um, but I know like Matt Curzion's done a couple of those like huge fades. Um, trying to find them real quick. That dude's uh, on like a whole different planet when it comes down to like what he's thinking about and stuff like that. Man, I love that guy's work. 
Yeah. Uh, Mike Stockings. He does some really yep. sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. If you don't follow him, I'd recommend doing it too. Because mm-hmm. he'll always have like Procreate tips on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this other guy's name? I feel like it's Kirk, but I'm probably wrong on that. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. I've just been obsessed with like the super bright, bold neo-traditional recently even though normally i like to do like realism and surrealism so i've been trying to just work on some of these designs and see what happens and yeah it's good to change it up man i totally relate to one of the earlier conversations you guys were having about like looking at somebody else's work and trying to figure out why does theirs look so much better than mine? Like, mm-hmm. what did I do wrong? Cause I just recently did a piece where it looks nice and the client's super happy with it, but it's mm-hmm. just been bugging me for like the entire time since I've done them. I'm like, what about this is bugging me? Why don't these look as good as my reference photos I used? And then it finally clicked and I'm like, Oh yeah, no, I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> So way it goes, man. Like there's so much information, so many different little things to try to remember when you're tattooing that it's 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 it, for me it's difficult sometimes to like try to remember absolutely every little thing that I've ever been told and been taught. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> then you get done tattooing. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, and as a young tattooer too, it's like fuck, there's so much information out there to cut, try to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just gotta come up with like your own order of operations, I guess, to a, a, a yeah, system, right. You know? A method to your own madness. Well, and that's what I think really helps, you know, each artist kind of develop their own unique way of doing everything. Is mm. you know, that's what we do. We develop our own unique little methodologies and our own unique ways of doing things and it, that's what helps our work become uniquely ours. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have a good idea somewhere along the line, but, you know, sometimes it takes us to go through and turn around and be like, you know what, let me, um, let me do this a little bit of a different way. And um, you know what, sometimes that can turn around and really help you like define your style, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, you know what, instead of shading this rose from like the petals from the inside out, like a more traditional rose, let me do the petals darker on the edges and fade it in. Well, let's play around with that and see how that looks. And um, sometimes it can completely, maybe you'll love the way that it looks and it'll completely change the way that you do roses from then on. Mm-hmm. I know it did for me. That one little thing that I did completely changed the way that I did every rose after that. Well, and like how your buddy Fibs does flowers where it's like, I'm going to do solid black on everything except for these lines and the lines are going to be like red. Right. Like, oh man, that looks so cool. <laughs> well, his whole concept um, that he went through and he did a lot of like reflection over quarantine and stuff like that and really kind of sat back and asked himself, okay, how can I get more contrast, right? 
Mm -hmm. more contrast can sometimes equal more longevity. And if I work with bigger shapes and I work with bigger contrasts and bigger fades and blends, that'll do the trick. That'll do exactly what I'm looking for. So that's what he really started to focus on was, um, you know, just getting a lot more contrast and a lot more of those huge gradients and huge fades. And he's like, yeah, people love it, you know, but it's all about the contrast. That's why he's got so much solid black in there. He's mm-hmm. like solid black skin tone can't go wrong. Right. Mm. You know, almost like you're thinking about a tribal tattoo in that kind of an aspect. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sometimes it's just taking a step back and looking at what you're doing and saying, how can I do this differently? How can I take the same concept, the same idea and do it in a different way to give me a different look, you know, like doing, doing a Neo trad rose, not doing any value in the middle of it and literally just doing a color fade from like red to yellow or blue to purple right. or something <laughs> like that. Right. No, no value, no depth in it, just the line work and then color over top of it. What would that look like? Could that make things different? Mm-hmm. For those wondering, it does look really cool. You know, so sometimes that's all it takes is just to step back. Be like, yeah, that looks way better than I thought it was going to. Don't try that on people, though, by all means. um, For anyone, At least least draw it first and see. Yeah, draw it out first. Get an idea before you tattoo it on someone because if it doesn't look very good, your client's not going to be happy. Then you're going to be stuck being like, well, I wanted to try something different. Unless they approve it. In that case, by all means, go for it. But But yeah, I I try not to do that with clients and like throw them off and be like, oh, so we're going to do something different today. A lot of times my clients get scared and they're like, what do you mean different? I don't like different. (laughs) It's like, it's going to be a good different, but it's different. And I don't know if I'm going to like that. So mm, nope. Don't worry. It's a good different. All right, gentlemen, I am going to hop off. Yep, uh, we are just getting to be at that point in time. Oh, okay. So, yep. Let me go through. I'm going to rinse my brush real quick. I think I'm going to start blending in some details the next time I work on this painting. I'm working in oils today because... I said, hey, you know what? 
Sundays are my day for my art. Mm-hmm. You know, and I that's usually what I try to do is just work on my own art on Sundays. It's the only day I give myself for that. So try to take advantage of it when I can. Mm-hmm. Those teeth are looking so cool. Yeah, I wanted to give it like a jagged kind of like underbite. Yeah. You know, kind of look. Well, yeah. Too perfect is boring, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are so cool. Yeah, I'm actually going to go through. I actually want to take some of this off because it's too close to the exterior color. It's one thing I like about oils uh-huh. and the fact that it does dry so slowly is you can literally just take a paper towel and if you don't like it, you can wipe it right off. And does that affect like the, the paint that's like already there and like dry? Is that affected at all or? Nope. Really? If it's on there and it's dry, it's dry. Like, huh. And this painting's literally been drying for about eight months. Okay. So anything that's on here that I'm wiping off Mm -hmm. uh, is dry to the point that like anything I do over top of it is either going to mask what's underneath it. Yeah, there we go. And then we'll just take a little bit of this and we'll smooth this down a little bit. I've actually watched certain artists use a paper towel or a piece of cloth when oil painting to create super smooth gradients. Mm. And I was like, what did you just do? You're magical. And um, yeah, it works really well. Mm. So little oil painting hack. Uh, Cool. So let me switch over. I'm going to spot like that. There we go. So who wants to go first? Um, I guess I can I can start it off. Cool. I'll spotlight you for everyone. Tell us how we can get a hold of you. Um, tell us where you work, what you like to do, what's your sign? Do you like long walks on the beach? <laughs> uh I wear pants size 36, uh waist. Uh, <laughs> um my name is Kyle Olson. Um, I tattoo out of Trinity Art Collective in Tucson, Arizona. Um, best way to get a hold of me is just uh, mainly through through Instagram. Um, you can reach me at Olson underscore tattoos, uh, O-L-S-O-N, and I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. Thank you so much for jumping in today and joining us on episode 99. Oh, shoot, dude. Next one's 100. Yeah. Heck yeah. That's awesome. And, um... Patrick, we'll go with you. Uh, we'll spotlight you next. My name is Pat Mackey. Uh, you can catch me on Instagram at Brogan Tattoos, which is B-R-O-G-A-N. And uh, you could also go to brogantattoos.com. And I tattoo out of Destin, Florida at Old Milwaukee Tattoo Company. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for jumping in today, man. Oh, yeah. I always love doing this. I genuinely look forward to it every week that i'm able to do it i'm really happy to hear that i really am and chandler we're going over to you right uh my name's chandler porteous you can find me on instagram at tattoos by chandler with an underscore between each word um currently tattooing out of jason arrows tattoo in Kelowna, british columbia canada uh, 
anyone's relatively close to there and they want to get one of these cool roses, let me know. Um, but otherwise, you can check out all my other work there. I got quite a variety on there right now, but yeah. I always appreciate hanging out and listening to the chats Jason has here. I love hearing that from people. It, it just makes me think that everything that I'm doing and all the time that I'm putting into it is, you know, appreciated. So, mm -hmm. 100%. For those of you, um, you know, just joining us, my name is Jason Leeser. I host the Skill Building Sunday Drawing Groups every Sunday at 1 p.m., as long as my computer will allow me to. Um, you can find me. I work at the Inkwell Tattoo in Southampton, Pennsylvania. Uh, it's right out in Bucks County, just outside Philadelphia. You can always find me on Instagram at Philly Inc. Uh, it's right up here. Go follow me. Go like my stuff. It's right there. No excuses. Um, and thank you guys for tuning in today. If you like today's episode, uh, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. We're always looking to uh, increase our presence and get some new people on here. So yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys all next week for episode 100 of Skill Building Sunday. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having us, Jason.